From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. Abortion is a constitutional right. Women have the right to terminate a pregnancy they do not want to carry. Illinois Democrats moved to expand abortion access, while the Kentucky House Republicans overwhelmingly pass a bill to ban most abortions if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, granting states right to prohibit abortion. Mississippi marches toward passage of a fetal heartbeat bill, and New York's governor signs into law the Reproductive Health Act, which permits abortions after the 24th week. Here to make sense of the flurry of new laws and bills is constitutional law expert Caroline Mala Corbin. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Greetings, Caroline. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So there's so much to dig in constitutionally about where we find ourselves in the abortion debate. Where should we start? Um, I think we should start with recognizing that under current law, abortion is a constitutional right. Women have the right to terminate a pregnancy they do not want to carry. Okay, great. Um, Just to frame out our conversation a little bit, how did we get here um, sort of historically, what led up to having Roe v. Wade? Um, when has it been challenged before? So um, in terms of a constitutional right, as you mentioned, it was first recognized in Roe v. Wade in 1973, where the Supreme Court said this is something guaranteed by the federal constitution, mm-hmm. and therefore states must abide by it and recognize it. And really, since Roe v. Wade, states have been trying to challenge it and uh, curtail it and limit it. And there was one point in 1992, there was another major abortion case. And though ostensibly it was about a slew of regulations, the real question is, was the Supreme Court going to overrule Roe v. Wade? Mm-hmm. And they did and they didn't. They didn't in that they held abortion is still a right protected by the Constitution. And yet at the same time, they really curtailed protection for abortion, making it much easier for states to restrict it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so with the present Supreme Court, RBG, stay healthy, um, what's kind of the best case, worst case look like? Well, there are currently five men on the Supreme Court who are hostile to abortion. And so the worst case scenario is they say Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the other case I was talking about, and a more recent case that actually further strengthened abortion rights. So it's been sort of up and down Mm -hmm. over time. Um, they may held these were incorrect and there actually is nothing in the U.S. Constitution that protects women's sort of equality and bodily autonomy. There is no such thing as a constitutional right to abortion. Mm -hmm. That's the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. The best case scenario, given these five people, is they curtail it without expressly saying that they're doing it. And what, how does that suss out then? So there are different ways they could chip away at abortion protection without outright overruling it. Mm-hmm. And one of them is to take aim at this case that I just referenced to. It was a recent decision 
Whole Woman's Health versus Hellestat mm-hmm. that sort of changed the level of protection for abortion. And it really significantly increased it uh, after it had been cut down by the Planned Parenthood versus Casey decision. Mm-hmm. And so what they might say, for example, is that although there is a constitutional right to abortion, the standard articulated just three years ago can't be justified and sort of cut back at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or or uh, or additionally, they could say, yes, the standard is the same, but every time they see a law, they'll find that, in fact, it satisfies the standard and it is not unconstitutional. Okay. So the Roberts decision last month delayed the Louisiana anti-abortion case. Has Roberts blinked or is he signaling what he said uh, when uh, during his nomination was that, you know, he believed in precedent. So is he he's signaling, yes, he stands on precedent or? No, I don't think he's signaling, signaling anything on the merits. Okay. I think he's just saying, because again, to be clear, Louisiana passed a law that was virtually identical to one the Supreme Court struck down just three years ago. Mm-hmm. And the Texas case? Yes, that's the Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt case. One of the um, one of the provisions in the Texas law was that um, doctors providing abortions must have admitting privileges in a nearby hospital. And the court found that the court found that that was was completely yes. So the standard is: does it impose an undue burden? And the court said yes. First. It makes it a lot harder for women to get an abortion because a lot of abortion providers don't have admitting privileges and therefore the number of clinics and doctors would decrease, making it much harder for women to find someone. Mm -hmm. And second, uh, it was an undue burden because it didn't actually advance the, the state's goal of improving women's health because it was absolutely unnecessary. Mm Anyway, so that was they struck it down. And um, the Louisiana law is virtually the same. It required doctors who provide abortions to have admitting privileges. Mm -hmm. And so the district court, not surprisingly, said that it was unconstitutional, given the recent Supreme Court decision saying these laws are unconstitutional. What was surprising is that the Fifth Circuit actually upheld it. And said, um, no, we think there's this difference. Um, and so the question was, would the Supreme Court, and so the, the, there was a request to the Supreme Court to sort of stay the sort of in, in, implementation of the law. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that Roberts agreed to do is, listen, this law does not go into effect until we decide whether or not we want to hear it. Roberts is pro-life. Why would he nonetheless vote this way? Um, so, again, there are two ways they could trim back on the right to end an unwanted pregnancy. One of them is straight up overruling all the precedent. Mm-hmm. And there's reason to think that it's possible that Justice Chief Justice Roberts mm-hmm. would not want to do that because it might seem too political And he might be worried about the reputation of the court. After all, this is a court that has his name on it, and he may not want his legacy to be, this is the court that overruled precedent 
for clearly political reasons, Hmm. which is not to say that they still couldn't curtail abortion rights in the alternative way, which is just to sort of uh, fiddle with the standard and hold that most things satisfy it. But Chief Justice Roberts has a consideration uh, that some of the other justices may not, which is the integrity and reputation of the Supreme Court. So there's a lot of, of cases, um, the one that uh, you appeared on WLRN talking about, the fetal heartbeat. I know there's a couple other states that are looking at, at fetal uh, heartbeat bills. Um, the in As we said in the open, Illinois Democrats are moving to expand access. The governor of New York just expanded access. So all these things are kind of perking along, where do you see, are are there particularly strong cases that will probably make it to the Supreme Court? Are there cases that are just being put there as feeding the base? Um, I think there is no doubt that there are courts that are getting ready for the elimination of the constitutional right. And in fact, many states have trigger laws that specifically stay if Roe v. Wade is overruled, then we once again make abortion illegal. So there are certainly states getting ready for a change of the law. There are certainly states hoping that their law would be the one that actually does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, this is also occurring against a backdrop of states constantly trying to limit abortion. It mm-hmm. is not a new phenomenon that you have states attempting to curtail the right of abortion. It's sort of like um, every time one, right, they'll try one thing, and if that gets struck down, they'll try something else. So first it was waiting periods, and once those, you know, once those got too excessive, then you have to have a mandatory ultrasound, then mm-hmm. you have admitting privileges, then you have... Even though there's no surgery, you have to meet the standards of a surgical room. And so uh, the backdrop in the United States is there are many states who are constantly trying to limit the right. And in fact, for a lot of women, even though theoretically it's available, the number of clinics has declined so drastically that mm-hmm. it's become essentially um, almost impossible. Are there an equal number of New York's and California's that are... Yes, there are also states also anticipating a radical change in the law that have said, well, let's make sure even if it's not guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution that we protect the right here in our state. Mm -hmm. Because to overrule the right to abortion doesn't mean it automatically becomes illegal. It just means it does not automatically become protected. And it becomes up to each state to decide whether or not to allow abortion or not. Mm-hmm. Great. Is there anything in closing? Um, I I think that it can't be emphasized enough how much of a core right this is for women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a right to control their bodily autonomy. Uh, To say a woman cannot end a pregnancy she does not want is to force her to undergo a pregnancy, which is sort of, um, uh, and it is also critical for women's equal rights. Women cannot participate as equal citizens in our social, economic, political life unless they are able to control their reproduction. So it is a critical right. 
and um, one that I think the Constitution does protect. Uh, is there some sort of uh, checklist that the Supreme Court would go through to overturn Roe v. Wade? In the case I mentioned earlier where they did not overrule it but curtailed it, they actually had a rather long discussion of when it would be appropriate for the Supreme Court to overrule its precedent, meaning its previous decisions. And it gave sort of three reasons why a Supreme Court might overrule itself. On any precedent? On any Not just abortion. Issue. Any. Okay. But this discussion occurred in an abortion decision. Okay. And so the first reason was the previous law was simply unworkable. It was impossible to implement. It was too vague. It was too difficult. People didn't understand it. It's clearly not the case with abortion regulation. Mm -hmm. The second reason that a court might overrule an earlier decision, if there's been sort of enough developments in the law that it can be justified. But really, the only change in, in abortion law has actually been to strengthen the right to make it even more protective of women's rights. Mm -hmm. So there hasn't been a change in the law that could justify the court saying, we've essentially overruled it anyway, and now we're just going to do it officially. It would be quite the opposite. And then the third reason they said might help explain, might help justify overruling their prior decisions is if there's been some change in fact, mm -hmm. if there's been some new factual discovery or development that didn't exist before. And so some people might point to the fact that viability might be a little bit earlier than it was previously, mm -hmm. but the existing doctrine already takes that into account. Mm -hmm. So there really hasn't been any change in uh, fact that could justify overruling the case. So for the Supreme Court to do it, they would have a hard time finding a principled legal basis to do it. Mm -hmm. And it would look very much like the law has changed because there are different people on the court. And this is a decision motivated by outcome rather than principle. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review in your podcast platform and tell your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Ray D. Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Ugez. Today's show was brought to you by the Global Entertainment and Sports Law Plus Industry Conference, where trade leaders, sports organization leadership, and law practitioners gather at Miami Law April 4th and 5th.